Matthias, let's just take a second to talk about our Patreon channel. Obviously, a lot of people love the show, and we get a lot of messages from people asking us how to uh, support us and help us grow the podcast. Now, Patreon is obviously, without doubt, the best way to do it. It really helps us grow the show, helps us pay people who help us out, helps us you know, keep shining the job, the, the editor behind the scenes. Um, why do you, want to, do you want to just let people know what they get, some of the perks? Yeah, I mean, we offer so many interesting extra things for Patreons. So we, we have a bonus episode, um, we do Q&As, and we're also looking into other ways of like getting um, our Patreon supporters special access to some of my um, very deep and fantastic knowledge and such things. Yeah, you're wanting to introduce some, uh, not one-on-one, but small small group lectures on specific subjects, which I think would be amazing. Patrons would absolutely love that. I would absolutely love that. You know, half an hour topic of you just ranting without me interrupting on a subject <laughs> has to be has to be perfect. You know, who's not going to, to love that? Yeah, yeah. Like things, you know, we talk about on the podcast, maybe like we mentioned something about Viking ships or something that has to do with the mythology and, and people want to know more about that. And then we can like dig deep into that for like 30 minutes in a, in, in a short lecture. I think a lot of people would find that very interesting. Yeah. And I mean, let's not forget anybody who signs up to the Patreon at any level is going to get a bonus episode every week. Um, it's either going to be the story time episode that we do with Jonas Lorenzen which you have to agree with is, is one of the funniest times you must have all week. It is brilliant. He does. It is amazing. Good job. <laughs> I love yeah. it. <laughs> it is. And then the other, the other episode, we're still undecided hundred percent on what it, it's going to be, but it looks like it's going to be a conversational type episode where me and Mateus just get a little bit more personal about ourselves, but also we're going to get, let people have the chance to ask questions, Q and a, whether it's about the podcast or about us. And um, you're going to be able to put your question to us through Patreon then we're going to have a, a little bonus episode where we explore those and people get a little bit more interactive with those, which I think would be fun for the, for the fans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I, I, I feel like I'm seeing with our audience is that they really like to be interactive with us. So we're trying to offer as many opportunities on our platform to do that outside of social media otherwise because that, that can get a little little much sometimes <laughs> yeah there we go i mean honestly if you just jump over to uh patreon forward slash naughty mythology podcast you can have a look at all the different tiers we've got there they start from five dollars up to twenty dollars and you can cancel at any point you can try it out for a month listen to the old episodes listen to the old story time episodes cancel if you don't enjoy it and and there we go, but we were more than sure confident that you'll uh, you'll like what you hear. Welcome to the Northern Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farrand, corner of the Company of Horns of Odin, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Matthias Nordvig. Hello, everybody. We're joined this time by Dr. Rune Janne Rasmussen from Nordic Animism, whom I hope many of our listeners are very well familiar with at this point. And also a new guest. We have uh, Dr. Tyson Junkerporter. Uh, joining us from all the way from Australia, which is why we're recording at this uh, curious hour. And uh, Tyson is um, an author. I'm, I'm, 
Let's make it easy. I'm just a photo negative of of Rune. <laughs> it's a photo negative of Rune. I'm like I'm like a Coriolis effect, like spun out some digital twin souls, and, and that's that's me there. If you imagine, yeah, it's kind of a yin yang thing going. On. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're uh, uh, you're a professor at the uh, Deakin University in um, in Melbourne, uh, uh, Tyson and also an author of the book uh, how indigenous thinking can save the world which i find very interesting um yeah tyson do you, would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself yeah um yeah so i'm i'm, I'm from uh i don't know like if a lot of people say like if they don't know australia that it looks like a dog's head to them and i'd be like on the the right ear or the left ear if you're the dog the right ear if you're the guy that's looking at the dog okay. <laughs> you know and most people look at us like we're dogs down here anyway um yeah so a lot of people kind of look down look down at us like literally even though we're in the top hemisphere but we're we're in the southern hemisphere which is actually on top of the world yeah that's right. all down here <laughs> that's the bottom part so uh <laughs> i can already tell i'm going to enjoy this episode North Hemisphere, <laughs> Southern Hemisphere thing. Um, Rune, well, let's go with Rune. Rune, why don't you... For, for, obviously, you've been on here a few times. People have seen you. We've done um, episodes on a bunch of different things. But every podcast is somebody's first podcast. So let people know who you are and kind of what you do, I guess. Yeah, uh, well, I'm uh, Rune Janne Rasmussen. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm the negative image of Tyson. <laughs> uh, the um, uh, uh, I'm a scholar of religion and uh, I'm trying to uh, apply uh, new animist theory and kind of indigenous thinking on our own culture as your descendants in order to try to recover traditional uh, elements of our knowledge and bring that back into um, bring that back into uh, contemporary uh, cultural negotiation and uh, that's partly why I uh, found Tyson because I read his book and found it really amazing. And I have been sort of recommending it in well, three out of four videos or something like that since I, since I read it. Um, so, yeah. Let's just leave it at that. I wrote a book once and, you know, some, some white people liked it. So it's doing there you well. Go. Um, <laughs> that's all we so, you know. But that's not what we're here for. We're here because me and Rune are brothers. And uh, he asked me to come, so we're going to deal yeah. with some of these uh, these fascists who are trying to steal your culture. Because yes, if there's anything, if there's anything I really know about, I know about that. How to deal oh, with okay. fascists who are trying to mess with your culture. So, there we go. Uh, yeah, let's get stuck in. Let's, let's do awesome. it. So, all right, before we get to to that rune, do you want to start with? Because we we're going to talk about that the own is own calendar. Is that is the, the own festivities? Well, is, it's the own year, actually, own year. which is next year, 2023. Okay. And um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to try to kind of sum it up <laughs> very quickly. In the olden days, uh, before Christianity arrived and messed up everything in Northern Europe, there were these uh, huge festivals where everybody gathered in, in, in regions and they did this with an interval of eight years. Uh, 
eight years in between. So in the ninth year, that's when they did it. So uh, two centers where this was done was in Leira in, in uh, Sealand and in Uppsala in Sweden. And well, I was, as part of my work with calendar, I've been working on calendar, I was wondering about this. How can, how can we uh, try to make this dating again today? And uh, then I thought through a lot of stuff, figured out a good bit, a very good bit for how this was done. And then I get, or we, Matthias and I, and also some other people, we, we gather a kind of a group of people who have a little bit of a voice when it comes to talking about North European heritage and basically said, okay, this is probably the best uh, bid best shot and analysis on the market today, if you can say it like that. So now we say it, it's 2023 will be the own year. That is the year to make these octennial celebrations. So that is the, uh, the, the coming year, 2023. So we are sort of making people aware of it here throughout 2022 and, and also starting um dialogues about what does it mean and and what does the story about it mean and what to do then because when you, when you read the ancient chronicles they they hung a lot of flowers in the in the groves and stuff and we don't do that today but uh, what are the uh, what are the, the basic meanings under these kind of celebrations that we can engage again today from our contemporary perspective and then uh, um, make make meaning with it today so so yeah so that that's the own year now the important thing was then that that uh, i had a chat with tyson on uh, on uh, for my channel, for the Nordic Animism channel, and we were chatting about this thing with our year and how do we, how, how, how can we work this thing into being again? Because uh, um, yeah, I, I've been inspired by Tyson's perspective and so on. And as a part of that chat, we were sort of talking about uh, QAnon and, and all these things. And then retrospectively, I realized later that there was a very interesting connection between these two things. But let me just return to that in a little bit. Uh, the important little story to have with, with the Aon year is that uh, there is a myth about how these uh, this span of eight years emerged. And that myth says that there was a king of Sweden who sacrificed a son to Odin every nine years, every eight years. He sacrificed a son in order to live forever. So he killed his own children in order to prolong his own life. Uh, and, and, and that happened. Selfish bastard. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that happened. Every, bastard. <laughs> that happened. He did that every. It's always eight Sweden. Years. Always. Sweden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it seems to be. It, it seems to be then. <laughs> and and I had been sort of wondering about this strange story and like what what the flip does it mean? And I had kind of started to catch on a little bit to the thing that this story must be somehow um, a, a negative mir mirroring of this, in fact, really beautiful 
cosmic cyclicity when the alignment of the sun and the moon goes in a certain way then then these eight years has passed and and people are supposed to celebrate uh and then when i spoke to tyson about it he just immediately caught on to the fact that this is of course a cautionary tale uh and uh and yeah and then i have also been thinking f- further about it so that was that's basically the own year is there anything that make... any of you want to say about that yeah so, so the, this this is something uh i think that touches to uh, onto this uh of course the chronos myth in Greek mythology, right, uh, where where we essentially like Kronos is is the personification of time, who's uh, who's uh, eating uh, his children, right, until well, Zeus cuts off his balls. Um, <laughs> like, that's that's literally what happens. So so I think that that's kind of interesting. Um, the, it, obviously, the, the 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 Greek myth, I would say, in in many ways also. Uh, links up with time right and and the planning of time and uh, the beginning of calendar and and uh you know if we think about it in terms of uh, planets as well what how many planets were visible to the naked eye back then i believe it was eight mm. right so there's there's something there's something interesting going on here there's like a, a, a bunch of like uh connections that are happening so so i think that's really fascinating and my my law might be a bit rusty it's been a while since i read the editors but um wasn't it something about ragnarok begins when when sweden joins nato (laughs) (laughs) i I think so yeah it it feels like that the minute (laughs) (laughs) So, so 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 do we know why it's every eight years or the significance for eight or the reason behind it well there are the 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 number both the number eight but particularly the number nine is i was gonna say nine seems to be one that that pops up all the time it's yeah or we seem to see in kind of like naughty mythology but but the thing is that when you look at the in the texts it says every nine years or in the ninth year that's what it says uh, but in our way of counting, that actually means what we would call every eight year. Yeah. So I say a- every eight year because we have an accounting that has a zero in it, but they yeah. didn't have that in the Middle Ages. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's act- so so it's, it's uh, one. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah we, we 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 hadn't realized that that there could be a, a number zero yet um so hang on it was um the king only only ate one of the kids like every every eight years he didn't do it every year for eight years he did it once every eight years yeah yeah he well, that wasn't makes it, that makes it a either. little bit better yeah. makes it a little yeah. bit better <laughs> yeah. not as bad yeah and and he did <laughs> yeah and he did that then for nine years and then the swedes said no now it's now it's enough uh and then yeah. then, then he, <laughs> then, he yeah, then he died then he died uh, but well. this this myth ties into uh, uh, a a a kind of complicated calendar system that presumably existed in 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 pre-Christian Scandinavia, uh, which some scholars I assume uh, uh, actually uh, believe is uh, based on the Metonic cycle, right? Um, which has this uh, reoccurring uh, realignment. 
um, of of the um, lunar cycle with the uh, solar cycle, right? So that also means that every third year, I think it is, then we get an an additional calendar month, and and then we have to like reset the clock, so to speak. So so this is all like this is essentially myths that have to do with time reckoning, and and you know ultimately, uh, of course. Uh, you know the pursuit of agriculture in a in a in a very inhospitable part of the planet where agriculture, well, you know, yeah, if if you if you mess it up, you're gonna die, right? So so that's that's part of the the, the process here that that we're that we're that lies behind all of this as well. Correct, Runa? Yeah, the uh, the. Uh, um... I don't think I should get myself into explaining the whole thing about the moon and the sun and stuff like that, but just that there are uh, there are eight years with just which tell the, them to the buy moon... your book. Just tell them to buy your oh, book. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can do that. You can you buy can my book. And <laughs> where can they bought... buy it? You can write on the Nordic Animus and homepage and uh, Instagram and Twitter and all that. <laughs> I, 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 and the book is called I, I, uh, the book is called the Nordic Animist Year. <laughs> I, 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 I'm getting I'm are, getting a bit of coaching and marketing here. It's awesome. Totally. You're not a natural salesman, are you, Rude? No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, yes. I, I, let me just say, by the way, I think the comparison with Cronus is super interesting. Uh, Cronus is uh, uh, eating his his children in order to not be deposed, to to maintain his position. And also, when you look at these very very old legendary kings like uh, King Aun of Sweden, and and um, there are actually the same myth is actually connected to specific kings in in, in Denmark, uh, King Dan or Halfdan, uh, and. Uh, these are, in a sense, almost primordial beings. These kings. Um, so, uh, so I think I think it's a really interesting. Um, uh, yeah, they're, they're, you know, it's it, it's just because they're called kings and, and stuff like that doesn't mean that they weren't mythological figures. So no, speak, right? No. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps even the other way around. They're called kings because they were mythological figures. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so is there? Did you say is there a correlation between the sun and the moon and the the eighth year? Is that is there anything there? Like yeah, what basically happens is that the the solar the the lunar cycle returns to the same position approximately at a rhythm of eight years. So this means if there is a, a new moon that falls close to the winter solstice, so there's a full darkness of both the sun and the moon, and then the sun and the moon follow each other into to, uh, in the beginning of the year, then that same alignment will approximately happen again eight years later. Mm-hmm. And then it will happen with a very big precision also at a 19-year cycle. That's the what Matthias mentioned, the uh, metonic cycle, but that's a little bit of a different thing. The important mm-hmm. thing here is that there is an eight-year cycle with which the moon returns to the alignment of the sun. Um, so, Tyson, is there, is there a version? Did you say there's a version of this from, from your neck of the woods? Or is that all right? Mm, that? You know, not really. And, and it's okay. a bit out of my pay grade 
to go de declaring such a thing. But that's something that would have to happen at a very high level. I have connected um, um, Rune with some more senior sort of knowledge keeper uh, a lady down here, um, and they've been doing business about uh, fairies and, and volcanoes and stuff for a while. I have no idea what because those those conversations are out of my pay grade. Wait, so wait, wait, they, wait, uh, wait, wait. Are you saying that they are? Talking about fairies and volcanoes. As soon as volcanoes <laughs> mentioned, I saw your he eyes light up. He can't tell you about it. He can't. No. He can't tell you about it. Look, that's that's secret business between Rune and this elder who doesn't that's, want to be named to it. Um, who asked me to ask me for an introduction to Rune, um, so they could fair. do this business together. And she, some, I don't know. I don't know where, because like I said, she couldn't tell me because it's out of my pay grade, but she's currently in the Northern Hemisphere doing some ceremony that I can't even imagine. So, you know, um, that would be up to people who are way out of my pay grade to decide right. what the right. corresponding thing is down here. But there are heaps of them. There's stuff around the Pleiades um, with souls that, you know, as a young, stupid person, I might be tempted to go, oh, uh, you know what I mean? Um, you know, with that and like, oh, I see a numerical correlation between this one and that one that seems clear to me, but I can't do that. You know, that's, um, that would be, that's not, that's not our method of inquiry. Right. Uh, that would have to be, you know, really, that would really have to come in a very strong message. Um, and that would have to be backed up in about, like not just triangulated, but polyangulated in about 80 different ways. And then old people would have to sit with that. And then that would, would have to be dreams from that message for land and from the ancestors to let everybody know that that was right. And then somebody would uh, contact Rune. And maybe they already have, and he can't say anything about it. Because <laughs> there's a lot of. Yeah. She's really strict. She's really strict, that that old girl. And, and she's, she's a bit mean, actually. <laughs> Sometimes. Not that I'm complaining, but she just sort of, you know, every now and then she just contacts me and goes, Yes, I need. I need this. I need to talk to you. Know, I, I need this. Yes, that's too. Whatever. You're done. Um, then I do it. She's like, yeah, thanks. Goodbye. And then she's gone. <laughs> anyway, that, that's that's her. That's my. It's uh, very abrupt. <laughs> okay. That's so where I am. It's like I, the I, devil wears Prada, but, you know, I'm in a really abusive internship. <laughs> I, I feel I know that those kinds of knowledge keepers a little bit. Got some around here, too. <laughs> maybe um rude so is there anything else before we move on to what i'm really excited for is the conspiracy side of things yeah. um is there anything else you feel we need to know about like the year of own yeah um, le yeah let me just say one thing and that is that that the like the fundamental realization that has sort of emerged as these debates have started to to uh, move around the the uh, own year in 2023 is that it seems to me and seems to be emerging that this own year is a kind of healing idea really and and perhaps in a, in a comparable way to what you see in other big festivals that have a long span of time between them, like the Hindu Kumbh Mela or the Jewish uh, year of Yubal, that there is a reconnecting going on in that. And particularly because the the Nordic myth of the Ragnarok, uh, that in the, in many Nordic myths, actually, there is a rupture, there's a, there breaks on kin, kinship that 
symbolize the way that we we lose connection we, we can lose connection with the world right so there's this this feeling that the world is or that our interconnectedness with the world is fragile and it can actually break and um uh, i think that the own myth of this very kinship destructive behavior from this king right that that is, is basically about uh healing that rupture and uh, and that is the that is the, the 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 basic thing which which i think should can be um narrated and it can be associated with all different kinds of um destructive behavior uh, or violence uh and particularly uh like comfort or life form that is resting on uh, uh perhaps invisible violence ounce violence on his own kin that we are eating our own children we're eating so, the planet away from our own children Rune, uh, so, so just like to 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 maybe help you express what what the role of the year of own also is 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 essentially uh you're trying to fix the world right yeah yeah, I mean, and, and, and that's, hey, that's that's small project. Yeah, <laughs> no, I I like it. I I, I say aim big. I I'm on board with that. I, I so, have a white messiah complex. You know, I can't can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's different though because he's not down here taking over shit. In, no, in, in, the, yeah, in the southern yeah. hemisphere, this yeah. the the I I likened it to like a bit of a call and response thing in ceremony. It's like this this one you know that's coming up the own that. That first iteration is a call, you know, mm -hmm. and it goes out there, and then there's a response, and there's agency in that from people who want to respond. Yes, and I don't know. I, I think there's clearly things happening before that and leading him to that, which is leading a lot of people to a different, a lot of different places. If I have elders down here who are dreaming of Hainos, uh in the ice, who are dreaming of your place and want to know more about the elves, um, then there's shit going on. All right. So let's just trust that and yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely <laughs> come in. There's definitely mm. stuff going on up here, and there's it is right. when something... attraction occurs. When attraction occurs, all kinds of shit comes in. That's that's a problem with radical inclusion. You get, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. All kinds of entities come sniffing around when there's, uh, you know, when something this powerful is happening. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's that's another thing to deal with. I, I I very much agree, and and I just wanted to to add something to that. Like it, it was a couple of months after uh, fate for some reason had sent me all the way to Colorado from Denmark. That Runa contacted me and was like, "We need to do things together," <laughs> and uh, and that's uh, it, that has been you know developing ever since. Uh, so that's what nearly seven years in the making now. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. All right. Can we can we get to conspiracy? Because <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sit up in, conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna sit up in my chair and uh, I wanna I wanna hear it all. Now the funny thing was that when we had this awesome yarn, uh, me and Tyson about this on yeah, we were talking about for some we we just got into talking about QAnon and conspiracy theories, and we didn't even, it was only like a month later or something like that, that it suddenly struck me like, damn, the QAnon uh, ideology, the QAnon ideology is like 
it's like an own myth that has fallen off the tracks, you know? It's like a wrong, what, what Tyson calls a wrong story, an own wrong story, because it is a myth about power that is predicated on violence on children. And that just made me think, damn, there's, there's this crazy thing about working with Euro traditional knowledge that it is at the same time, it is extremely rejected. It's extremely pushed away in some ways. Like when I'm, when I'm, it's very difficult for me, for instance, to find a voice in academia for it because there basically isn't space for it. But at the same time, it's so pervasive because uh, because uh, we, the white guys, have dominated the, the shit out of everything. So it's like it's as if it's 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 there inside the matrix of everything somehow, you know. And then it comes up in in these weirdly pathological ways because there aren't, for instance, knowledge keepers. There aren't what Tyson describes a, a, a thorough uh, uh, cultural process to legitimize knowledge and figure out, okay, so this is the right wing. So then all of a sudden you get you get an own myth or something that is really an own myth that comes up in the form of QAnon. And that just makes me think if uh, if this own year and these things are in fact uh, a, a mythology and ceremony of healing, then perhaps it has the potential to speak to those people as well and, and address, base, perhaps give them the right story that they are perhaps trying to find somehow. Okay. So, right. Let's pretend that you've got to explain this to a dummy, and it's not really going to be hard to pretend. So <laughs> let's pretend um, I'm not a dummy. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I just give went me, into ranting there. Give, give me more credit. <laughs> no. I was mesmerized, man. I love it. <laughs> I, no, so was I. But um, let's like start at the beginning. For, I start uh, now, basic. For people like me. <laughs> What the fuck is QAnon? Say something easy for me to listen to. All right. <laughs> for, 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 for us Brits, I feel like QAnon is not too much of a thing over here. And I'd love, I don't really understand what it is. I hear about it kind of here and there, but I'm not so au fait with what it actually is. Oh, you who, got him. You got who want to explain that? But it, it's probably you, Tyson, or you, Matthias. Like, you, right. you know, so quite basically, a lot about it's a. There's a, a myth. Look, um, look. I just put uh, I put a link up to an article I wrote recently. So I, I, I belong to one um, uh, one uh, research study and a longitudinal research group. Uh, we're looking at uh, we've been looking at this stuff, um, and I was in another one recently. So I spent quite a few years researching all this stuff. And it's around the disinformation and the um, conspiracy theory stuff. But where where the research is focusing now is on conspirituality. So conspirituality, it's like, you know, this, all this, people say conspiracy, all right, that's fine. But the key thing is spirit side of things. So, you know, people, uh, there's all kinds of disinformation in the world, but the stuff that works really well and radicalizes people really quickly is the stuff that has spirit in it. Because that's good story. Now, you need the supernatural in story. And that's not what the legacy media ever has, you know, um, but it needs to be there somehow. Now, usually it's spirit. The idea of spirit is that it forces you to be ethical. You know, that idea that you're answerable somehow to your ancestors and to your descendants. It's the thing that forces you to behave ethically. 
you know mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to come in as magic into the findings of your understandings of how you organize your society it just has to be there as a cautionary thing that makes sure you do the right thing that keeps your human institutes trustable you know mm -hmm. that's what spirit's there for anyway we've taken that out of stories in how we share with people what's successful about conspiracy theorists you know conspiracy movements um just bullshit stuff like uh usually on the right wing politics as where all this stuff comes out um but you know it, it, it's the to make sure hillary clinton doesn't get voted in for, for example lock her up not just don't vote for her but she's a criminal who mm -hmm. is eating haitian kids mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you could just fucking say it and you can say it because there's story because there's supernatural elements why is she eating haitian kids Oh, you know, all that voodoo magic there in Haiti, right? Because they're devil worshippers here and they like the blood of children. Remember that, Hunter Thompson? The, you know, remember that uh, the, 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 the adrenochrome? You know, they, they, you need the adrenalized blood and you drink that and it's like a drug. Yeah, yeah they're doing that in satanic rituals. They're Luciferians and they're going to Haiti and they're eating all these kids. Anyway, it's... um. Yeah, so straight away, that's really appealing to a lot of people who have no power and, you know, who've grown up in an oral tradition. So, you know, there, um, you know, in the UK, you've got it too. Everywhere you've got it. You, we're all growing up in oral traditions where there's magic there. And then suddenly the stories have no magic in them anymore. And then here it is. So that's what QAnon is. QAnon is, uh, everyone will say they're not in QAnon, but it's basically, I don't know, it's a catch-all for pretty much all of the um like you know don't tell me you haven't got sovereign sin movement in the uk you have that you know people who believe that um the law is based on admiralty law and if there's a fringe around the flag then board is irrelevant and you could just say haha fringe in the flag and it's like harry potter we the, I, I can get away with rape you know it's a freaking insane stuff um but people believe it it's just absolute insanity but people believe it because it's got good story because there's spirit in it. Uh, so QAnon, the only problem is that usually it's aligned with fascism. Okay, the common element that I'm finding is all of it is aligned with fascism. All of it paid for with dark money by people uh, through um, extreme right-wing think tanks funded by the Koch brothers, Peter Thiel, all these people, these real proper fascists on the right, they're funding all this disinformation that happens and um you know they're funding all like the of these things um you know uh, a, a lot of the weirdest ones they get uh completely made up by people like um uh who's the one with the tattoo of nixon on his back the one that trump pardoned roger stone yeah that guy he's uh so a lot of the stories he makes up and he's quite open about making them up too you've been there on alex jones's show still today just making this stuff up off he goes but there's there's spirit there's spirit in there these are political actors they're acting they're acting politically they've got a lot of useful idiots out there who are young men uh some of them are veterans well uh but the idea is you can manipulate these useful idiots into believing these things and you can do it especially if there's mystical connections to it if there's mystical symbols and stories and what fascists particularly like to do is to co-opt stuff from an imagined 
Viking or Hyperborean kind of past. In the north, in the snow, there was a better kind of man. There was a barbarian. There was an age undreamed of when shining kingdoms lay spread across the land. And you had a rune and you put it on your arm and it meant best. And it meant Aryan. And you put it there and everything would be great. You know, so you've got these, uh, I don't know, there's these young men who see their power going as white people they see it uh, not going they'll still get on top it's just like not ridiculous like not to the point where you can physically own a human being so they say whoa 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 i don't want to lose that power um is mummy can someone help me is there some magic that i could do so that these people don't take over so a great replacement theory is one of the big stories you know white people are getting replaced by brown people from the Southern Hemisphere and the Jews are responsible for it. So it's a lot of this kind of stuff and they're getting all these sacred tattoos. They're, they're digging around in the histories and the editors and they're digging around in the Beowulf myth and they're trying to find little bits and pieces to co-opt into their big story to legitimize spiritually or find some magic that will put them at the top of a pyramid. And um, as Rue knows, that's not what Nordic cosmology is about. It's not a freaking pyramid. It's uh, it's it's better than that. But these guys <laughs> okay. are trying to twist it. Anyway, um, it took a lot of explaining to do. I'm sorry that took so long, but it had to be that long. Because mm-hmm. as you can see, there's a lot in it. You might be my favorite guest we've ever had on here. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was that was enjoyable to watch you just just go there. <laughs> Tyson, I, I I I wanted to ask you. So these these political actors, like for instance, the Koch brothers or Rupert Murdoch or whoever they are, right? Uh, they of course don't believe in these uh, wild stories themselves, right? They they simply circulate them so so as to hack the political systems of you know vulnerable oh, yeah. democracies, like for instance the United States or the UK yeah. for that matter. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, they do, and they um. But they have higher level, higher level operatives that they they support and they fund, and you can see those lines of funding too. Um, but there's also dark money. We're we're not sure exactly where it's coming from, but we're we're mm-hmm. figuring it out. It's yeah. difficult with crypto because mm-hmm. someone can put two million into, um, you know, um, Alex Jones's account to help him help him avoid accountability in the courts for um, like having fans attack families. Yeah. of uh, Sandy Hook uh, yeah. mass shooting victims, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, look, you know, this keeps going on and it keeps going on. And you've got people like Tucker Carlson. He looks like he believes what he's saying. Um, he's like, I think he's the most watched person in America in terms of media at the moment. Um, listening's a different thing. That's Joe. <laughs> Joe Rogan would be at the top. But, you know, you get a lot of these dudes like Tucker who, um, you know, he talks about the great replacement theory. And then, I don't know, the next day in Buffalo, word for word, there's a manifesto on a guy who shoots a dozen people, you know, a dozen black people. And, um, you know, pretty much his manifesto is word for word what Tucker said the night before. You know, Tucker doesn't actually believe that shit. Um, but it's it's great. It's really good because it stirs up all these useful idiots. It stirs up problems. It makes sure that the left is dealing with stupid shit and arguing against stupid shit instead of actually arguing about the things that we need to do to save the world, um, which will like, you know, 
hamper things like profits for um you know fossil fuel company mining companies etc cetera, etc cetera. so you know it, it, we need to we especially need to you know make sure okay the price of oil's gone down how come the price of fuel hasn't gone down uh that kind of shit um basically power needs to distract people from that power needs to make sure that uh social justice any move towards equality needs to be undone and that there needs to be useful idiots out there fighting it so why not give them some fucking rune tattoos it's, it's, <laughs> I got what you're saying there is, is that, that's exactly what I've always, as long as I've known about conspiracy theory, like really annoyed me about them, that there is so much openly known stuff that it is so important to deal with that why the fuck would somebody start thinking that there are that 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 the that the, the there are chemtrails in the sky that makes us all something, or that that uh, that that uh, wearing masks is is the is the most serious abuse to Bill, your, Bill Gates uh, is trying to microchip. <laughs> yeah, or Bill. I, I mean, why would somebody make up crazy stories when there's so many real stories that actually need to be dealt with? However, then I've always I've always had this the other side, which is like when you have the idea that it was George Bush who made the 9-11 uh, attack happen, right? Now, the idea is, is, is obviously grotesque. You can take one look at that blank face of George Bush and you know that he wouldn't have planned <laughs> that, right? So, but, uh, but, um, but then what happened after 9-11 was that, that the event was used to a lot, do a lot of political stuff. It was used to dismantle uh, human rights, uh, international rights in terms of torture and all these stuff. Now, from I think from an, uh, the perspective of an animist analysis, you could actually say that those politicians, George Bush and Tony Blair and whatever their name was, who, who did these things, Le uh, legitimized by 9-11, you could say that in a sense their subjectivity perhaps retrospectively almost inhabits the event. That means that from an animist perspective, you could almost say that a mythic expression of that is that George Bush made it happen. So that's it. The only that's that's the way, 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 that. can we just acknowledge the that. fact that 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 uh, George Bush took this upon himself. Like he owned that situation when he made that Freudian slip of talking about the Ukrainian war and he's <laughs> <laughs> like this, right. this unjust Iraq. war on I mean, Iraq. Like this one man, <laughs> like, I, I don't remember exactly how he did it, but but he like uh, like accidentally publicly acknowledged that he led an unjust war on Iraq. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, did yeah. he do that? Oh yeah, yeah of course he did. Of course. Hey, uh, that's brilliant but here's the thing you can't just you can't just go you know uh for decades they are uh having a uh they are supporting a a, a very strange sect of wahhabism and they are promoting them to power and uh you know causing a very terrible situation in the in the middle east where many there are many human rights violations and it's shifted power and created psychotic regimes which shouldn't be there but it makes the facilitation of extraction of oil much more easy at least and uh and this is what it, are you asleep yet because i am that's there's no story there it's true and that's how like that's yeah, yeah. how indirectly the yeah. Bush family did yeah. 9 11. 
you know, yeah. it's just being Enron yeah. and being a prick but, and but changing the world in certain ways that fuck things up. Heaps easier to just say, Bush Jr. was reading that book about it, but upside down it was devil. You know, I mean, because that's what the bombers were saying too. You know, um, America is Satan. I mean, that's it. America yeah. is Satan. And and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm radicalized as soon as I hear that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to show me a YouTube video. I'm like, yeah. Although it helps when you see uh, OBL on a horse. That, that fellow was handsome riding a horse. Yeah. If you ever look at them old pro- propaganda films, yeah, he looked awesome. <laughs> all right, all right let, I'm going to try and rein this back in because <laughs> I don't know where we're going with this one. As soon as someone said 9 11, I was like, oh, fuck. Um, how can we tie QAnon and the, the, all these conspiracy theories to like Nordic mythology and what we're well, I guess what we're meant to be about on the on the podcast, other than these kind of mindless. Let me just let me just give you an example, um, Daniel. It's, it was hilarious uh, as prep for this uh, uh, this uh, episode. You asked me, um, "What can I read or study to, <laughs> to 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 feel more grounded in what we're going to be talking about?" So I told you, like, uh, it. it, it Go go listen to that uh, uh, YouTube uh, interview there is on with the so-called QAnon shaman, the face of January six, right? This this jackass who wears I don't know what he's wearing on his head, uh, like coyote skin slash cow horn headdress kind of thing. With he was uh, the first, that was the first time I'd ever heard of QAnon was yeah. this guy. And uh, he's got Nordic themed tattoos all over his uh, body, and uh, yeah, he's got that. Uh, he's got that Idrisil tattoo that every that as soon as you type Idrisil into Google, yeah, yeah, Google exactly. that's the image that comes yeah. up. The first one, yeah, um, exactly that one. Um, and at one point, the um, the the interviewer asks him, um, "So what what is this thing about eating babies?" And and then our good friend goes on this rambling what dark fucking, hole. What a what an odd sentence! Like, <laughs> just the fact that that's even a sentence. But that's is... a thing in this in this. Uh, that's the thing. What about the babies? Right? If, if there are people it's who don't know what thing. the QAnon is, it, they believe that there is a global cannibal, baby cannibal, incestuous sex cult whose kingpin is and hold on to something because this is weird hillary clinton you know so so uh, I mean, she does look senators like a are winning their seats on this senators <laughs> are campaigning on this and winning their seats yes and winning by a massive majority yes. this seems... is not playtime anymore this no. is serious this there is, is really a, serious. There are large stretches so, of the population doing this so on the mythical side of things, I want to highlight something. Obviously, the baby eating myth, right? Is... So every time you say it, it makes me laugh. <laughs> Sorry, like, it's, yes, it's, it's so really funny. weird. It's like they chose the worst <laughs> thing possible. I want my like... baby buck, baby buck, baby buck. I want my baby buck, baby yeah, it's buck. Like, baby I think everybody buck. can agree that like, eating babies is the probably most ab- abhorrent thing you could do. So, I mean... As somebody with a relatively newborn kid um, uh, hanging around, I, I have this running joke with a with a friend of mine. Every time I 
I I hand him to her, and she will say, "No thanks, I'm vegan." Um, so uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, going back going back to the 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 origin of of baby eating myths, right? So we have the Kronos myth, right? We we have uh, what what you have identified in Nordic mythology, uh, Runa. Uh, with the uh, King Aun, and we of course also had the biblical myth of of sacrificing children to the god Baal, right? That is a that is a reference that we know from uh, the so called Holy Land, and um, and of uh, that that one of course circulates still with Christianity. That is a, that is really important to to keep in mind that Christianity as as a belief system props up. That, that story about pagans that are sacrificing children. And um, we have seen throughout the history of Christianity, this idea and panic reoccurring over and over again. And we saw it, for instance, with the witch panic in Europe that then also spills over to North America in the 1600s. It starts in the late 1400s and then uh, uh, goes... Um, goes upwards in, in popularity and um, and uh, and psychosis, I guess, in, in Europe in the 15 and 1600s, culminates in the 1600s. And um, what is one of the main things that uh, that 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 is being propagated in in the mythology around witches, right? It's oh, it is this antithetical uh, to, to, to to the society that we've established, antithetical cult. Uh, where we have a bunch of naked women who are worshiping this uh, goat-headed man um, and they're having promiscuous sex with him and with everybody else and each other and I don't know what. And they're also eating babies. That's, that's a stable of this as well. You know, you know, the Hansel and Gretel story didn't come out of nowhere, right? Um, in, in, in Germany. So, so, so these stories, these stories are literally with us all the time. In, at least in the, it's in an the old pattern. World. It's yeah. an old pattern for oligarchs holding on yeah. to power. There are always useful idiots who are disaffected and disconnected from real story that you can manipulate to do that. So you know, if you're in Russia and the Catherine the Great, if Catherine the Great is trying to undo the feudal system that's going to mess up your earnings pretty bad if you're an oligarch, then you grab the first printing press and you put out pamphlets that says, "Hey, Catherine the Great's fucking horses." Yeah, she's having sex with horses. Like that's what happened, you yeah. know. And you know what? You know what? The Jews have a plan. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That that's what they did at the time. That's this has been happening for a long time, and it always comes with new information technologies. And yeah. oligarchs use it, and they always use useful idiots, uh, veterans, people like this, and they get them with stories, Satanism, uh, paganism, dark. Mm-hmm. I think I've, people are talking about a new uh, satanic panic in, in the U.S. going on now, that there's a new kind of rise in, in, in kind of hysteric fear of occultism and satanic stuff yeah, going on. Absolutely. And that, you know, we saw that in the late 70s and through the 80s. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're seeing it again in, in, in some respect. Uh, hopefully people are a little smarter this time. There are still people who remember the last satanic panic, so maybe we can like put a lid on it. And but it is it is interesting and fascinating to see because what is happening is that these old baby eating myths are coming back. And what are they, of course, also tied to? They're tied to the moral agenda on the religious right 
to uh, curb abortion as as a right and practice among uh, Americans, right? So, so in that sense, you know, th th this is how you get all of these stories about, uh, you know, eating fetuses in the back rooms of Planned Parenthood uh, 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 clinics and, and that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, it is all, you know, a bunch of really psychotic bullshit that has no basis in reality, of course. <laughs> okay. Um, can, can I try to, um, to just say what I think Nordic mythology or Nordic animism can sort of address with this thing? Because... Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned this, Daniel, and I'm not sure I have a complete answer to it. Uh, but one thing that I think that animism, for instance, can do is that animism is a way of reading intention in, or it can, an aspect of it is that it's a way of reading intention in what happens around us. Competent animist systems enable people to engage the world as filled with intention we are it is as if we're not meeting an it we are meeting and someone all the time now when our capacity to for instance read the thunder and the sea and uh, uh, the coronavirus as a someone when that capacity decreases then it is as if it is as if we have an intuition that we want there to be a someone in there somehow. And then the, there is this flood of, uh, of sort of dysfunctional mythologies, really, that are not really capable of, of, of that it was Bill Gates who made up the coronavirus. Um, when the, the smallpox virus came to West Africa in the, in the 19th century, it was a huge human catastrophe. And even though it was literally brought there by people who looked very different and came on big skips, ships that looked like UFOs, they didn't make up conspiracy theories. Maybe there was a bit of that too, who knows? But that wasn't the main point. They read intention in that stuff that happened. And a deity actually emerged that was the deity of smallpox. And they related directly with the deity through that. Now, this is an animist way of relating. That's also actually, what happened during the plague in Europe, right? The, yeah. the deity of the plague was the yeah. Holy Mother. You know, And it happened Europe. with the coronavirus in India. People mm -hmm. who are a little bit less thick-headed when it comes to, to uh, uh, perceiving the, the, uh, and engaging the animist world they they engage the coronavirus as a as a goddess actually so mm -hmm. this is one thing that that i think that that the and isn't it isn't it really interesting that these uh, post colonial systems or whatever you want to call them on the other hand like the us and also places in africa were uh, instead of engaging the uh, coronavirus from racist perspective. So like Asians, for instance, been targeted in the US as, as, as responsible for the coronavirus. And you actually see in certain uh, countries in, in Africa, there was a targeting of, of uh, Europeans, white people as responsible for, uh, for bringing the coronavirus. That's kind of uh, fascinating, right? That, that you have such a very distinct and very, uh, you know, on point for what type of societies that have been sort of generated post-colonialism uh, mm -hmm. reaction here. I just, I, I, there's this one image 
that I can't get out of my head. And that is this South African nurse who was standing on the television and, uh, and she was saying, oh, I can't make her accent even. Tyson, you can probably make her accent. She was saying, yeah, we made the, the Omicron variant down here. So you can thank South Africa for curing all of you because <laughs> it was, that was the free, it was like the, 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 the free um, uh, vaccination. It spread by itself. And uh, people got a little bit, a little bit ill, but not very seriously. And then it was pretty much over. She was just, yeah, we solved that problem. You inoculated the rest she was of right. You. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> no, perfect. that was me. I'm a rich bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a Day Antwoord song? I feel like it's yeah, uh, the Antwoord. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They're in trouble right. for like. Torturing oh, disabled kids at the moment. Oh, uh, yeah, he's a, oh. he's a naughty boy, I think. Um, okay. Oh, he's a naughty that, boy. He's a rough lad. He, he is. It's a bit of fun. You do good. You do, you do all right with my accent. Uh, <laughs> um, it's my favorite. It's my favorite accent in the world. I like how instead of saying pear, you say There's something purr. wrong with you. If my accent is like a good pear, it's great. I don't know what that says about you, Tyson. Accent. <laughs> um all right, I have a I have a question. So do we can we see a correlation as to why um people who are interested, I guess, in these these conspiracy theories and who were used as quote unquote like soldiers in this kind of thing um tend to have a an interest in Nordic mythology, in Vikings, in this kind of Thing. Is it is it like a re, do we doing like a reason why it does seem to be very common amongst like the fascist the far right that kind of thing? We're trying to avoid <laughs> about Hitler. Everything always, but it goes it goes a bit more for that. Okay, 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 and, and it comes back to all of the all of the weird new agey stuff. You know when people are having seances and so you remember back in the day, like in Victorian England, all that sort of thing, where everyone was a spirit medium and like you know. This is at the turn of the century, and it's when industrialization is really kicking, public education is really happening. There's a bit of a backlash, weirdly, in the aristocracy towards, and they're all reaching for something. They've lost something. They're hanging around in their mansions, and they're wearing turbans and a fez, and they're unwrapping mummies. And anyway, Madame Blavatsky's there, and she's channeling spirits, and she's spirit writing, and she reckons, oh, there's actually all these races there's different races and they're in like a great chain of being in a pyramid. And you know what the best race is? It's the Aryan race. The spirits have told me they're called Aryans. And, you know, so off it went this master race ideology, you know, and it came out of all that spiritualism and the idea it's weird because they were also drawing from clues that went back as far as the ancient Greeks who invented that myth of Hyperborea of that splendid barbarian standing on the ice Somewhere up north, there was a place that was always all ice and snow, but somehow not too cold. And so there's a barbarian society and perfect bodies. And they were the perfect sons of Kronos that, uh, so this is how it comes back to Kronos, perfect sons of Kronos from all kings are descended, etc., etc. It also came out of some of their weird, uh, weird studies, like anthropological studies of the Scythians, uh, back mm -hmm. at the same time, who are, I think that's in Russia, Scythia, mm -hmm. um, and uh, Celtic tribes that they came into contact with, because the Greeks had a few colonies, 
And colonia in Greek just meant hung away from home back in those days, not like a fortress. Anyway, so they actually learned things from people and they kind of put them on a pedestal, these tribes, like they were noble savages. You know what I mean? So a lot of that came down because you had a lot of these spirit mediums reading the old texts and that influenced their construction of this idea of Aryan and Aryan civilization, some secret Atlantean civilization that existed previously in Antarctica, you know, in that cold, icy place, that special place. And then off they off it goes. So that's where all that myth came, came from. That's where all the mythology came from. That's how they started connecting it with Norse mythology, because you'll find in Northern America, they go, oh, you see all these burial mounds, all these mounds all over North America. That was Vikings, bras. That was Vikings there doing that. So they named their football teams Vikings. Uh, they say, oh, there were, there were giants here before and they had red hair. That's because the Vikings were here. You know, and Vikings claimed America before the Native Americans did, you know, so it's kind of this weird way of, you know, white people being able to claim, you know, occupied lands as, you know, that's there, they were there actually the first people, etc, etc. There's a lot of weird mythology and weird longings for some kind of mythology that's going to, um, that's going to legitimize the idea of this Nordic European as the pinnacle of human evolution. And they're looking for that story and they want that story. And unfortunately, Hitler ruined it. So people can't say Aryan anymore. So instead they say Indo-European. It's still the basis of all our disciplines, all of this bullshit. And that's why it's there so strong. And that's why people feel supported to do it because it's through everything like chewing gum in your fucking hair. Yep. And and by the way, by the way, this brings us back to that that would not job the the QAnon shaman, right? Because what is it that he he is uh, he's mixing in his visual expression? He is mixing some kind of like uh bizarre uh, uh fake version of of Native American headdress and then Viking yeah, stuff, right? Flow. Yes. Yeah. And and this is um this is actually quite fascinating because what we also see going back to Hitler, is that the, uh, the, the Nazis in, uh, in, in, uh, in, in Nazi-era Germany um, actually were quite interested in Native Americans. And the reason that they were quite interested in Native Americans was, one, in, in some ways, it reflected their fears, right? Their fear was that, again, going back to the white replacement theory, that, 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 that these white Aryan descendants in Germany were going to be replaced by, by other peoples. All of this actually really has its origin in Austria with Guido von List and, and the, uh, the German uh, movements in, in, in Austria, because Austria is a very multicultural kingdom in the late 19th century. We have a, um, a it, is a, it is not a German majority, but it's the, the, the largest ethnic group is German. And then you have Polish and Czech and Hungarians and Slovakians, Slovenians, uh, Jews and, and Ukrainians even. And, and these Germans are trying to Germanify everything. And we get especially the esoterist uh, Guido von List, who uh, calls himself Fun. He didn't originally actually have that uh, aristocratic title but that's something that he takes at one point um and he is the one who mixes runes into all of this and believes that you can uh, use rune magic essentially to 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 also expel all of these non uh, germans uh, from from 
uh, from the territories and all that stuff. Like it's it's actually quite 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 bizarre. Um, but anyway, going going back to this um, this uh, this idea of the Aryans, it, it, we what we also see is that in in Nazi theories, um, uh, some Native Americans are actually then considered honorary Aryans because they, according to Nazis, yeah. uh, you can't make this shit up. But according to them, they, they have well, Aryans come from India and India is named after yeah, Native Americans. No, no <laughs> it's, weird. they started on the North Pole, right? And then so they spread downwards, right? So that means that they came to like Norway first, but they also came to like, you know, North America and Japan, right? This is why we could work with the Japanese when we're Nazis, right? It makes perfect sense, right? They're also honorary uh, Nazis and honorary yeah. Aryans, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, so that's how all of this like ties together in this these weird fantasies that <laughs> these people had, right? And, you know, the, 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 the real historical reality of all of this is massive genocide right and that's 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 the real problem that we that we're facing with these fucked up fantasies right that they that they actually materialize in such things as genocide and that's why we need to have proper analysis and proper response to that analysis right let, let me also just make a point with all this and that is that that uh, that one thing is that there is an an actual interface between esotericism and and esotericism has been a lot of different things going back through uh, European history. I actually think that esotericism is also a reservoir of rejected uh, knowledge forms in, in it definitely European is. space. Definitely, and, it, and it, it it's not in its entirety. It's not just what produces Nazism. Nazism comes out of that, or proto-Nazism, and von List, and Jörg Lanz, and all these, Blavatsky, and all these people. But there's, all th there's also a thing about that, that Euro-traditional ways of knowing have a tendency. One thing is that they're actually being kind of leached into these things. But another thing is that I also think that the association is being amplified. If, if you look at the uh, QAnon shaman, it's a super good example. What exactly, what kind of movement was he a part of there? I think it was an evangelist revival movement, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, so the image that we are all being shown from Alaska to Melbourne of an evangelist revival movement is a person with, with Nordic heathen tattoos on him and some imitated Native American headgear. Yeah. This, and this the, is the preferred the media, way of representing it, right? The, yes, the media chooses this easy image, yeah. exotifying image to uphold a, a, a easily recognizable other. And that maintains and i think it's it, that that this this straight association also serves to main to to keep euro descendants in a space where they cannot actually access traditional knowledge germany is another example uh, the uh, the uh, like the whole the tool society uh, Jörg Lanz, uh, proto-Nazi speculation and Guido von List, Rune Yoga and all that stuff. Yeah, that was a thing. Uh, Heinrich Himmler was doing some LARPing in his castle there and, and they liked some yep. pagan stuff. Uh, but how Im implicated was Nazi Germany with uh, the Protestant church? 
mm-hmm. with the Catholic, Catholic Church. Church. <laughs> yes. uh, very, very implicated, probably on levels that reaches all the way from Hitler as a messianic figure, ideas of salvation in relation to the Aryan race, all the way down to institutional stuff that's going on. However, the association with Norse or Nordic uh, paganist imagery in Germany is so powerful that, uh, you know, it's almost, they they have very, very strong rejection of this stuff in Germany. I I think you can almost, you know, uh, be illegal to have runes on your t-shirt and stuff like that. I don't know the details of it. I just heard that it's rather extreme. Meanwhile, Christianity in Germany is absolutely untouched. In fact, the leading conservative party is called the Christlich Deutsche Union. It's So that means that the association of this Nordic stuff, one thing that is part of it is real and is really important to criticize the fuck out of it. But another thing is that it, it, it it's, it's also important to be aware of, of the ways in which yeah. it's amplified in order to enforce ex- existing... Uh, You're totally power, right. Not, I want to want to point out something that I uh, actually criticized in an, a research article not so long ago. A, uh, a fellow scholar of mine um, characterized the alt right, the American alt right, as this cacophony of uh, far right um, ideas and, uh, and 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 pagan pagan ideas, and I'm like. Uh, these people are mostly Catholic and Lutheran and evangelicals. <laughs> like, like, why, why are we throwing pagan into into the characterization of this this like amorphous blob that's called the uh, uh, right? Because of the people from the left who who have come into it as well, and they've come in via yoga and the wellness uh, yeah. spirituality movements. Mm-hmm. So, because they all come from that, they all have the same lineage. They all come down from Madame Blavatsky. Mm. And the, the yoga side is like it was the stuff that they stole from India, who who were also Aryans originally, apparently in this in this story. So that was the stuff they stole in India, and then when India decolonized, recycled it back through, and you know had all these gurus who were in a weird feedback loop with England, you know creating these weird mythologies around Hindu fascism, Hindu nationalism, and so this recycled. Cycled weird stuff back through so that the Hindu fascists were doing the same things as everybody else. And this is how you end up with, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's very weird, but you can see fascism is all one thing. And mm-hmm. what fascism hates is what, weirdly, Nordic, what I see, Nordic uh, spirituality and culture is really being a rep, which is protecting the commons. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. your culture has always been about protecting the commons, that every man's right is to those common common lands, common um, resources, forests, oceans, fishing, that you all have access to that and you can camp where you fucking want. You know what I mean? That's always been protected. Now, the Catholicism has tried to paint it the other way as the devil, you know, and the, the raven is the devil and all that sort of thing um, to actually punish and burn that out of Nordic mythology. The commons are the scary place, right? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, the commons are the scary. So what was important, as particularly in Britain, was to um, uh, the enclosure of the commons. And the enclosure of the commons was how the commons were co-opted, you know, um, um, 
you know, through British capitalism uh, via the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church later, they managed to, yeah, do the enclosures of the commons to make sure the peasantry, the Volk, did not have access to those and that these were in, in the controlling hands of oligarchs and, like, corporate people. And, you know, towards this idea of the corporate side taking over the state, that's state power, that the power of the people, power of the land, commons, everything else, you know, and the freedom of people on the land, that this is diminished and it's held by oligarchs and that's supported by the state and it's supported by business, everything else, you know. So it's always been about that power play. Now, what's what's weird then is that they've taken your culture that victimised and now that they've completely destroyed it, they're sanitizing it and presenting it. They're representing it back to the people as this symbol of liberty. And they're saying, look how much you're suffering. That's not because of us oligarchs taking all your comments away. It's because of the Jews. They want to replace you. But you know what? You have a glorious past. You're Vikings. You have mystical runes. You know, yeah, you've got this amazing, beautiful past and this spirituality. Take it up. Take up arms, my brothers. Hold the line. Hold the line. Even though this boy's never seen a shield wall in his life and wouldn't have survived five minutes. Hold the Tyson, line. I fucking love shield you. Shield wall, my heart. <laughs> anyway, I love you. This is you. Yeah. You, you are yeah, welcome. Anyway, back fuck here these people. <laughs> yeah, we, we will. We will stay up late to 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 do yeah. a show with you anytime. Anyway, they, so they've <laughs> taken your culture and they've turned it into something that it's not, and they fed it back to people. Yep. They fed it back to people and uh, vulnerable people, and and they've used them. Yep. They've used them, and now they're putting on fucking buffalo horns. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean. It's such and, a good point. That's it's what fascism is: yeah. uses damaged people to, yeah. to to support corporate power, oligarchs, and and it, it's evil as hell. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, some people for people to hear that, I reckon we could depill people real quick if they heard Matthias Rune. Dan, if they can hear you, mm. you just have no, to check my name. Get point across. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tyson, you just have to check my name then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I nearly called you Silent Bob. <laughs> Action! Fucking, you edit that so that gets a little bit closer, so it doesn't sound like he was looking up my name there. Just fucking uh, edit that uh, in. Tyson, I, I, I want to uh, add something uh, to, to, to what you said there, which uh, is really uh, actually important um, in, in, in the perspective of the history of, of, of pre-Christian religion in Northern Europe and what is called heathenry or heathenism today. The, the, the origin of the word heathen, right? So we may uh, recognize the word heath in it, which uh, is... In later uh, etymology, understood at this like out, outside space, uh, just as you know, the word paganus um, originally meant something like hillbilly or something like that, because it, it was considered these people outside of the urban spaces who still held on to that uh, original pagan belief. Now, in, like saying the bush almost in the bush. yeah yeah so it's something like the bush or something like that but uh but the we, original we, we can send a link to uh some yarns me and rune with um with our friend uh michelle gruber who he 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 what he knows about the ecosystems of the heath mm-hmm. and um and and the 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 human 
ecological niche in there as a manager of those resources uh, mm -hmm. when it was part of the commons. Um, I tell you, the stuff that he knows will blow your mind. That's so uh, fascinating. In terms of the natural knowledge side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, so, uh, so the, uh, the original uh, core meaning of the word heath uh, that goes into haven in, um, in, in the early Germanic languages is, is actually commons. These are the these are the uh, the fields, the common fields that a village or society are, are are you know able to use under certain terms. And so, somebody who is a heathen, a heathen, is actually somebody who adheres to the rules of the common. That is a person who actually upholds the laws and bonds of society. Right. So what actually happens in terms of the semantics of the word as it's being tossed around in early Christian Europe uh, is that uh, it goes from being somebody who upholds the structures of a functional society to somebody who is outside of society. And that tells you just everything about the, that the, the, the way that uh, that those powers that existed at the time have related to it. And it tells you everything about the way that that word has then been transposed upon indigenous peoples around the, the globe once the Europeans start moving around, right? In the, in the late 14 and early 1500s. Um, I wanna highlight something here that is uh, important to consider too. Vine Deloria in his book, God is Red, um, writes that um, the, I think he casts it as the conservative American. Um, he, he talks about people who if I think today are considered white nationalists, obviously this book is written long before this, this discussion became more prominent. He talks about white nationalists, he talks about conservatives, nationalists, and so on. And he says they have, they figured something out. And he says they figured out that land connectedness is important, but what they have then missed, right, uh, are all the uh, human aspects of this. That they that they are um, focused on this uh, colonial territorialism, for instance, um, and that is is part of the problem. Then, right, and I think we're seeing a lot of 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 this. Uh, with many of these people out there who are discontent with the modern world, they, they obviously recognize that living in a society like the US, for instance, or the UK, or many European societies, Australia for that matter, is, is problematic. Because what are these societies in essence? I, I have uh, personally, this is actually kind of funny that there is a link between the Aun myth and the Kronos myth, because I've cast these types of societies as Kronos societies. They're societies that are eating their own, right? And, you know, just look at the American Senate. Like these are ancient people, most of them who are just holding on to power and trying to prevent the younger generation from entering. Uh, what what isn't Kronos about that, right? And so I think I think the diagnostic here is that a lot of people are realizing that there's something wrong and we need to do something, and they're desperately trying to fit that into some type of logic, right? And that's why you get crazies like like the QAnon Jama, because he's sitting there and he's trying to work it out, but he's not given any proper tools to to work it out, and so that's how he ends up being the poster boy of this attempted 
revolution uh, of idiots uh, that showed up at He's the American no Capitol. He's got no uncles, exactly. Yeah, and so so that is that is actually the a, a his uncles are tra- Roger Stone, tragedy. Alex no. Jones. Yeah, and they do not care about him one bit, right? They they can only they they, they care about him to the extent that they can use him as cannon fodder, right? Mm. And that's that's a real human tragedy out there, right? I think this is also important to point out that so many of these people who end end up being radicalized in different ways become radicalized because they're searching for some meaning in their existence and they have no proper guidance, right? And often they have, often they probably have uh, aspects of right diagnosis, but just aspects, <laughs> and uh, and 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 these. And these bits and pieces are being kind of thrown, jumbled together in ways where the whole thing becomes toxic. Like, like we were talking about, Tyson, the 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 the, uh, the QAnon movement uh, has, has in many ways been like this very uh, anti-totalitarian, really, movement, uh, but just ended up being completely in the service of of uh, of, of this sort of weirdly buffoonocratic. Trump system and all that stuff, you know, um, and, and credit. I love that. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, it's, it's satisfying. It's satisfying. There's nothing satisfying about the spirituality that rune has the spirituality that I have, that you have this, it doesn't promise you any power and it's no fun. All it does is places limits on you. Yeah. It's, I want to go. It's, it's just, uphill. I want to go to the volcanoes. Yeah. I want to go to the volcanoes and see the freaking elves. Yeah. You know, I don't get to do that, you know, because of my spirituality keeps me in my place. And I haven't done the work yet to be able to like even get close to being able to do that stuff. You know, all it does is places limits on, you know, these guys, the Q shaman, Q in general, it's just offering everybody unlimited power. You know, this true libertarian promise of where. You know, a very small government, but at the same time, a government that's pretty fucking big because it protects all of my property and, you know, forces everybody else to adhere to all the laws that I like. Um, I just want to make sure that every woman on this continent and beyond has no control over her body. Then I can truly be free. You know, that kind of thinking, you know, that's how that's where it projects itself onto policy in that way. But these guys think they can walk through walls. They think they're going to be able to levitate. They think they're going to be able to go to other planets. You know, they want the big magic and they want the big power that comes from that. And, you know, they get promised that. So what do we have to offer them, Rune? What do we have to offer them? They're not going to be satisfied with what we, which is, is, is nothing. It's limiting. All magic does is limit us in our world because we actually have the real magic, which you can't do very much with. It's binding, you know. It's li- you is are, limiting. Yeah, it's, it's binding. Yeah. It's Connect, binding. Connecting. The is more lim- power you get, this is so fascinating. The less right? agency you have, the more power you get, the less agency you have. You know, it's yeah. epoxy. And so these guys have, I guess, uh, heaps of agency. It's so fascinating, right? Because one of the most uh, overlooked uh, descriptions of the Nordic gods is that they're called the bonds and those who bind. Like it's it's everywhere in the sources, right? <laughs> and that's that's what they do. <laughs> 
And yeah, that's that's so not, look, that's look not at our earliest conversations. <laughs> our earliest conversations is is Rune accusing me of spreading Aboriginal disinformation. Cannabis. He's going no. <laughs> you know, right, that, that Midgard serpent is not the second law of thermodynamics. You're full of shit. <laughs> kind of thing. And that's that's how we bonded. We bonded like that. Let's uh, yeah. Let's, let's let's wrap this up. Um, got a couple of couple of questions before we go. I think we've got one for you, Tyson. One for for Rune. Um, before we yeah, before we get there, I think it it's safe to say I think I was going to mention this earlier about conspiracy theories. I think they survive so well because once in a while you get one that comes along along that turns out to be real, um, and people you know it, it's it's true and people then believe in it and point back to that one. I mean, Alex Jones has been living on Bohemian Grove his whole career. You know, he had this one thing that that turned out to be kind of true. And he's, he's made a career on it. And I think that happens time and time again with conspiracy theories that once in a while, one one's accurate. So then everybody who believes in them points back to that one. Um, so yeah, I think everyone, you know, you just be careful of what you believe in. Do your own research, um, be your own person and kind of take the time to, to read and yeah, do your own thing. Don't rely on other people and other sources, I guess. Such a wonderful um, dad statement right there. Thank you. I got you. I got <laughs> you. I, I, I'm trying to get good at this wrapping up thing. So Tyson, <laughs> Alex, Alex asked this earlier um, and I wanted to go back to it. So she said, would you say that the the spirit, quote unquote, in, um, in these theories could be synonymous with confidence? So basically, if you are confident enough, you can bullshit anything, for, for instance. Yeah, no, it doesn't work like that. Like I said, that gets you plenty of agency, but that gives you nothing on the on the side of spirit. You you have nothing. You can't you can't uh, fake it till you make it. Okay. With spirit, you can okay. do that with people, and you can grift, you can trick, you can you know you can get plenty of people into your Patreon that way. But you're full of shit, and that won't last. You know, you're not really doing it, and you're getting further away. I felt like you were really speaking directly to me there when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Tyson. I'm just looking right into the camera, <laughs> and I'm speaking doing to these fucking grifters. I'm hurt, and I know, I know, no, because I'm one of them. Man. You, uh, I'm telling you, you read that that last book that I wrote. It's guru shit in there. I'm I'm messing with your head. I didn't even realize I was doing it, but I'm doing guru tricks there. Like, ooh, I'm more mysterious. Like, listen to me. I don't know. You know, just know your place. Be in your place. Be there. Learn your stuff and be really, really satisfied with the six and learn them well. And you know what I mean? Your power will increase, but know that as your power increases, your agency will decrease. The more you learn in spirit, the more you hold in spirit, the less, the less agency you have to use it in the world. You are bound more and more you're the genie bottle so you know just enjoy enjoy what you have as i as i wrote on instagram not so long ago there's a reason i haven't written a book on ritual because that's not something that i can tell you how to do look if somebody if somebody if somebody claims to be magic and they're doing things where you're going oh my god that person is magic and they seem to have heaps of agency and could do what they want with it you just you know they're full of shit okay Tarun, one for you. Greg asked, uh, don't you think as heathens we would be better off staying away from political labels and instead trying to keep our heathenry grounded in animism? Um, 
no i don't i don't think so uh and the reason is that that the the political labels are such an unconditional uh, uh or such an ubiquitous condition that anybody addressing a uh, euro traditional culture is working on that means that that and it's and particularly when you have to do with Nordic uh, heritage, it is so extremely politicized already. It, it's a little bit like, you know, there are these people who deny that the Holocaust took place, right? So if you say, well, I'm neither for nor against if the Holocaust took place, you're actually actually taking a very radical standpoint there, right? Because you, you're saying you're not sure if it took place. Does it make sense what I'm saying? Or when what was the what was the name Rosa Parks, who uh, the uh, American activist who defied the apartheid legislation and 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 sat in front of the bus where black people were only uh, uh, sitting behind on the bus. Today, we would agree that she's a hero. But what if you said, "No, I'm, I, I don't. I, I'm neither for nor against her doing that." It is the same, I think, with Nordic tradition because it's so intensely politicized, and therefore, perhaps unfortunately, uh, I don't think there is a space to uh, really step away uh, from from being political about uh, about the this problem. Stuff. The problem is also that we're talking about political labels, right? So, so, so people would like to like cast this, like if you're on the left. Then, then, then you're doing things that you want to do, Runa. Uh, but if you're on the right, then, uh, then, then you're then you're being fascist about everything, right? But, but I mean, uh, it these these terms like left and right, they seem to have lost so much meaning nowadays, because there, there was one. There's a circle where they meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> that, that's in those, and it's in those seances that I told you about. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's the secret. That's the unification between East and West, between India and Britain, between, you know, um, Uwu and, and Ra-Ra. It's the, all the same thing. They all come from the same place, those ones. That's why you got Gwyneth Paltrow, who's a pilled, weird wellness guru, who's basically should be standing up there beside the, the I mean, you know, the Q shaman, etc. I mean, it, it's all the same thing. It's one thing. It's, uh, yeah, just keep your eyes open, you know, step back a little bit keep away from the bullshit um you know you'll be right yeah yeah i agree um because you know and 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 all those people i was talking about they're all working at the tesla factory now hey <laughs> <laughs> i just Ooh. wanted to drop elon stocks a little more just like <laughs> kicking all these down not, 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 not at that that tesla man. factory oh oh <laughs> they got segregation there apartheid at the tesla factory tell everyone <laughs> all right let's let's wrap this up rune you're welcome back anytime thank you thanks thank a you lot. very much for thanks this um let people know where they can find you listen watch your videos look for nordic animism particularly on youtube uh, but i'm also on a, uh, a couple of other uh, platforms online just look for nordic animism perfect tyson thank you very much you are welcome back as well please come back and and join us again this is a lot of fun um yeah Rune's the only person i trust for that good that good nordic animus shit that really good that sticky one thanks brother when it hasn't been cut with any fascism no it hasn't been cut with any fascism it's the pure 
business. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, whenever you say stuff, uh, oh, I'm so flattered. <laughs> Thanks, oh, guys. Bro, You're man. Right. <laughs> oh, bro, oh, man. That's great. We're he bro, said bro. I'm not a fascist. That's actually, that's actually, it's the highest compliment. It is. It is. It is. I'm being it called is. a fascist you right You are not Hitler. I love it. <laughs> All right. Next level. Next level, we, we're going to have to have you trust me as well with that kind of stuff. Then, uh, then I'll. Oh, be I trust you already. <laughs> good face. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got that good face that you're right there beside me in the shield wall. I trust you, my brother. Absolutely. You and Mad Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> I'm right there. <laughs> Rah, hold the line. Hold the line, my brothers. All right, I feel left out, Tyson. Give me some. Say something nice about me, man. <laughs> yeah. I forgot my name. That's it. Give me something nice here. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. Dan, Dan, the proper warlock man of your axe there, son. You, you, I just didn't want to assume that you had legs. You know, you're right. there. You're there. Look, hey, I've other uh, boneless had no legs too. So, you know, if you're if you're uh, you're unable to work, walk, I still want you in my shield wall, bros. I feel like you've gone from trying to compliment me to threatening me. I'm just trying to get your ghoulie up. Right? Just trying to get your ghoulie up. Get Tyson, you ready for the shield wall. It's because people... I, I, I'm trying to like, you know, I'm insulting you like a, like a, like a Viking drill. Because I want you ghoulie up. I want you ready in the shield wall. Me, Matthias, Rune, Mads Mickelson, you, we're going to make this own happen. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. Uh, where can people find your books? Where can people follow you online, Instagram, Facebook? Wherever? Right there beside you in the shield wall, bros. They just got to look beside you there in the shield wall. Hold the line. Okay. That's it. <laughs> All right. That's, I don't want people to read my stuff. Stay, go away and don't <laughs> stop bothering me. I've got, I'm busy. Mateus, All right. Where yeah. can people find you? Well, you can find my website, MatthiasNordvik.com. And you can also, if you really must, follow me on Instagram. Matthias Nordvik is the name. You can find it on Instagram. That's really that. I do, don't do Facebook. Because, no, you do not. Because I try no, to stay, stay out of, of uh, uh -huh. on rabbit holes and that kind yes. of stuff. Yes. All right. If you if you enjoy the podcast, Lee, please take a minute to leave us a five star rating, positive review. Helps us keep growing. Um, yeah, wherever you listen to podcasts, it really does help us out, and I enjoy reading them. And um, if you can, please support us on Patreon. It's the price of buying me on Matthias a cup of coffee every month. We're we're going to do some restructuring on there and bring some new educational material. I think as well. We were talking about that earlier in the week, but at the minute you get a bonus episode. There's a, a back catalog on there. It's it's a lot of fun. Like I say, it helps us keep growing, keep keep getting bigger and, and moving forward. And yeah, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all the usual places, just at Naughty Mythology Podcast. There we go. This is a lot of fun. Tyson, thank you very much. Yes, Rune, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, we managed to work this out with the times. Uh, yeah, it was good. This is great. Yep. Thank you very get much. Get in touch anytime, brother. And if yeah. anyone could get me in a room with Mads Mickelson, let me know. We'll do our best. Bye. <laughs> we'll do our best. <laughs> All right. Cool. Bye, everyone. <laughs>